0: so I want to actually take some time and pray, you know, so uh, let's, let's pray together. Uh, Father, I just want to come to you this morning. Uh, We, we thank you for just waking us up and allowing us to come here this morning. Uh, And Father, we, we know that, yes, sometimes we are up and sometimes we're down. Uh, But uh, we are grateful that because of Jesus, our souls are heavenly bound and, and we pray for for Aaron boss and uh, I know he and Brenda and Alicia and Harper just moved here recently and so I know they don't know as many people but I just pray that the body can come together and, and really show them love for those that do know them to help them through this challenging time and Nikkei as well I just I know her dad has been to worship services here and it's um, really appreciated the fellowship and so I just pray for Nikkei we love her dearly and um, God, you tell us when one part of the body suffers, Father, we, we all suffer. We mourn together. And um, we, we, we pray that they can feel comfort from you and that uh, even through this tough time, that they can find in their hearts to, to be grateful for those special moments they've spent with their loved ones. And, and Father, I pray for this morning that you can use this message, uh, what Bob has shared, the songs we've already sung, uh, to really minister to all of our hearts. And uh, we just express this to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, yes, t- today we want to talk about still giving thanks because it's not just about one day of the year. You don't just circle one day of the year and think, oh, I did it, I was thankful on Thanksgiving. No, that's not the Christian way. And uh, there's a couple people I know for sure that are, that are thankful this morning. And they are very thankful. Uh, Kendall, you know who I'm about to talk about because you were there last night. There's two people that are very thankful right now, and that's Dennis and Kiana. Dennis and Kiana got engaged yesterday, last night. It was really fun. It was was cool. And uh, you might be wondering, what in the world is Dennis wearing? Is this Beauty and the Beast? I mean, what's going on around here? But uh, one of the first dates that they went on, they went to see Hamilton. And uh, exactly, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Brother was swinging for the fence early, you know what I'm saying. Actually, I think she might have. I think she might have taken him to see Hamlet. Fact check that later. But uh, so so here, my man Dennis, he, he he decides with the help of his compadres to memorize like one of the songs from Hamlet. There's a theater on the square, Marietta Square. He worked together with them. They let him use the space. So they put together a whole thing, and Dennis is, like, memorizing all those lines. And at the end, he inserted his own, his own thing, right? And at the end, you know, he's, I'm not going to wait my shot, you know. And then he, he got down on his knee and, and uh, proposed to her. I mean, had to, you know, even had the, the, the marquee. I mean, this brother went all out. I mean, whatever happened to go to a nice restaurant? <laughs> what, whatever happened to that? Now you got to be theatrical and, and all of this, that and the other. Hey, I've already got married. You got the rest of y'all, man. The bar is high. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Woo. Wow. Hey, Amen. So we're happy for Dennis and Kiana. And uh, you know what else I'm thankful for? And it is uh You get the vibe in this scripture. I'm thankful for Bob and all our elders, really. I'm thankful for all the elders, honestly. Elders who provide effective leadership must be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard in speaking and teaching. Do you feel taught this morning about the resurrection, how important that is? So I just want to thank you Bob, as one of the younger guys here at Evangelist, but I appreciate your example. You, you, you provide a great example for us. And I know it's been a challenging time recently, but for you to just give your heart, for you to take what you've been experiencing and give, the, give us the scripture and help us give us perspective, honestly, I feel like we could have, I really believe that was a great teaching right there, that we could just walk away and feel fed spiritually, you know, but thank you for working hard among us, brother. So I appreciate that. Thankful for, for our brother, Bob. Amen. So our, uh, our main text this morning is going to be from Luke chapter 17. Amen. So make your way there. I'm going old school on you. I'm going from the printed page Bible. Luke chapter 17. And uh, this is a, a, obviously a, a scripture that is read a lot during this time of year. Uh, and I think it's a good reason. Verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And if you are unfamiliar with the scriptures, and I hope that we have people visiting, searching, seeking, Uh, you have to realize that it was a part of the the Jewish law that if anyone had a disease like this, you can see here in the scripture that they had to wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. And as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean and they must live alone. They must live outside the camp. So this was actually in in the Jewish law. And so here these men are at a distance, and, and, they, and they see Jesus, and they, and, they, and they cry out to him. You know, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And I think in, in our terminology, the word pity kind of just kind of means, oh, you know, oh I have pity. I feel sorry. Listen, you know, we feel sorry for this person. Wow, what a pitiful person. I just feel sorry for him. But, but, but in, in the scripture here, what that word really means is something different. It it talks about like mercy, but but also the concept of of alleviating somebody's suffering. Okay, that's what they're getting at. We're, We're in misery. Can you please do something about it? Okay, it's not just, hey, Jesus, please feel sorry for us. Throw us a couple nickels or maybe give us a meal. That's not what they were getting at. This was alleviate our suffering. Please, Jesus, have compassion on us. Don't just feel bad for us. And they, they screamed that out in a loud voice. And here's the deal. When you read the scriptures, there are, people approach Jesus with a lot of mindsets, if you've noticed. If you read the scriptures. Some people approach Jesus and they have kind of an attitude of, all right, Jesus, why do not you prove to me who you are? Perform this miracle. Do this. Do that. If you really are who you say you are, Jesus, why don't you do this? Sometimes that's how people approach Jesus. And you know how he responds to that type of kind of interaction often? Crickets. Man, Jesus ain't got time for that. A lot of times in scriptures, people that approach Jesus like that, they really don't get what they're looking for. There's another type of person that approaches Jesus. It's almost as if hey, Jesus, I just want you to realize how spiritual I am. Uh, my, my spiritual resume is unparalleled. Uh, I do well. I read my scriptures. I'm, I'm a great person. Some people approach Jesus like that. Like, I don't really need you. I'm kind of curious. But you know what they get? They don't often get much either. But these folks, these folks, they approach Jesus. We got nothing. We just, we just relying on you. Can you do something to help us? Because we can't help ourselves. So what kind of answer do they get? And when he saw them, verse 14, Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And again, if you're unfamiliar with the scriptures, you go, what is he talking about? Well, in this day and age, if you had this type of disease, the scriptures clearly taught if you'd been healed, you need to go to the priest because the priest has to perform some rituals over you, a ceremonial cleansing. So you can be integrated back into the family, okay? And so that's the way it worked. Once you were healed, you had to be checked out by the priest, and then you were allowed to go back into society, be able to worship at the temple, these types of things. So what Jesus is basically telling these guys, oh, oh yeah, just go to the priest. But what's the problem? He hadn't healed them yet. So they're like, they had to have been confused. Like, why is he telling us they're looking down at their hands, their flesh is still rotting, splotches on their skin, bandages maybe. That's what they see with their senses. But Jesus is saying, you're already healed. Just go ahead and go to the priest. You know, and so isn't that a dilemma that we all face with Jesus? Because here's the deal. If you think this scripture is only for people with skin diseases, you you come to the wrong place. Okay? You know, let's read a part of the Bible that relates to me. I don't have leprosy. Oh, okay. You you might not have a flesh eating disease or something like that. But you know, we all struggle with sin. We all do. And it eats away at us. And it separates us from people. And really, from from God. And honestly, from ourselves. Sin even separates you from yourself because it makes you a person that you really weren't created to be. The internal conflicts, to do the things you don't want to do, the consequences you suffer, the self-hate, the separation, the hiding. You weren't meant to live that way, but that's what sin makes you do. So you can act like you don't have it, walk up to Jesus all confident in who you are, or you can prove, oh, Jesus, I might follow you, but prove, jump through some hoops, and then I might decide to follow you. Or you can realize who you really are and say, you know what, I can't do this on my own. Help me out. Please show compassion on me. Have pity on me. But then at some point, Jesus might tell you to do something that doesn't sound like it makes sense. Right? This didn't make sense. But here's the deal. What did they call Jesus earlier when they they cried out in a loud voice? What did they say? Jesus what? Master. See, sometimes we say things, but we don't know if we really meet them, right? Because last time I checked, if somebody's your master, if they tell you to do something, you're supposed to do it. You're not supposed to sit there and ask a bunch of questions. You know, if the master tells you to do something, that's what you're supposed to do. So if they really considered him a master and he says, well, go and show yourself to the priest. Well, then they need to start walking. You know, so don't come to Jesus if you're not willing to do what he says. Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do what I tell you to do? Jesus deals with that. So, so don't cry out, oh, Jesus is my Lord, he, he's my Lord, he, master. And then he tells you, okay, we'll live a pure life. Well, I don't know about all that. He must be talking about somebody else. <laughs> no, he's talking to you, bro. Right? Okay. So in these great words of scripture that tell a lot in just a few words, right? And then it says, and as they went. So what does that mean? They decided, master said it. We're going to the priest. I don't know why that man telling us to go to the priest. We still, hold up. Wow, you know, right? That must have been something like that. Like as they were going, maybe one of them noticed the other guy got healed. Wait, man, stuff's coming off your of whoa! Amazing, right? Incredible healing. But they had to take Jesus at his word first. And so do you and I. Even if our senses, it doesn't make sense to our senses. But one of them, right, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. You know what I love about this? What does it say? He praised God in a what? Loud voice. Does that sound familiar? Because earlier when he cried out, Jesus, master, right, what does it say? He said that in a loud voice. Sometimes if you're going to cry out to God with a loud voice when he takes care of you, where's, sometimes we don't have that loud voice again. Right? We can cry out to Jesus, oh, please help me. If you can just help me through this one thing, I swear. I and then he takes care of you. But then, wait, where's the, where's the loud voice afterwards? The loud voice of gratitude. The loud voice of thankfulness. right? Where, where's that? Right? And some of us struggle with that. And if my wife were up here preaching, she'd say, yeah, brother, yo, you know, I, I struggle with expressiveness sometimes, right? I'm more of a laid-back kind of guy. I'm not the most happy-go-lucky bumping around and hee 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 kind of guy. Do you know what I mean? That's not my, like, natural temperament or whatever. So, I, actually, I struggle to, like, be all expressive, like, throwing himself at Jesus' feet, like, in my flesh. I mean, that, that's over the top, man. You don't have to do all of that, bruh. But some, right, but some people, that's, that's, that's natural. So I, I feel this is a weakness of mine, right? It's to have that expressiveness, that loud. You can't just imply praise. You know, that's how some of us are. And some of you, are, you can relate what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I show up every Sunday and I do a lot of good things. And well, that's good. But we got to learn how to be expressive, some of us. And we can't be down on other people if they are. If somebody want to raise up their hand and say hallelujah or something, amen. Why we got to be all like, whoa, they're calling attention to themselves and all this stuff. Maybe they're just expressive of how grateful they are. You know, which I think is a good thing. It's a good thing. And there's so much more. I mean, I don't have time, but, you know, talking about being a Samaritan and all that. But just this guy's way on the outside, but still he got it. He got it. And, and, and what was the effect? You know, Jesus asked, well, we're not all ten cleansed. In other words, what, what, what's up? Where are the other nine people, right? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said Then rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And, and, and what I see here is, here's the deal. All 10 were cleansed. And you can do a study on cleansing and healing and all that. But again, I don't have time for all that. But here's the deal. All 10 were cleansed. All 10 were healed. All 10, woohoo. Now guess what? They get to go back to family. They get to worship again. They get to have a normal life again. They're happy. Wouldn't you be? And you can say, you can get all indignant and self-righteous with those other nine. Like, I wouldn't have done that. But why, I think we got to be careful because Jesus did tell him, go show yourself to the priest. On one level, they were being obedient. Jesus told him to do that. But he also singles out this one guy because he showed the praise, the gratitude, the appreciation. And so, and so while those other nine can go on and live perfectly respectable lives, And and, and this one person gets it. And Jesus said, he says, now you, now some of your translations say, your faith has saved you. So he got something different, something richer, something more that helped him because he showed expressive gratitude and praise. Some of us are missing things in our walk with God because we have no praise in our lives. We express no gratitude. We have this stayed persona when it comes to God, whether we're in worship with others, where we're alone. And I think we might be missing something. You might have a respectable Christian walk, but you might not be pleasing Jesus. I mean, that's the deal. At the end of the day, I'm not saying if you don't show great praise, you're going to hell. I mean, if you get that out of what I'm saying, then I'm not doing a great job. But what I do think this text shows us is the one that does show praise gets something that the other nine don't get. And definitely that one pleases Jesus. And if that's something that you care about, if you really love somebody, don't you want to please them? So hopefully you can. And, and I believe that there is a core. There, there's a, a scripture that we read a lot. But I think it, 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 it's closely related to this. But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession That you may declare the praises of him, not imply the praises, declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Out of darkness into light, out of leprosy, rotting skin, into wholeness, out of sin that you can't get out of, to freedom in Christ, to salvation, out of darkness into light. Is that you? See, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Receive mercy, that's the same word as have pity on me. Jesus, master, have pity. Same concept, same thing. So if you feel like you've gone from darkness to light, where are the praises? Where are they? They should be there. They really should in some form or fashion. Not everyone's going to do it the exact same way. But at some point, I do think the volume needs to go up. At some point, there's got to be something loud between you and Jesus on some level. Right. We all need to grow. And I'm trying to grow in this myself. So here's a path, a pathway to praise. You know, and this is my version because and I say that because I'm not trying to get everybody to be a, a clone of me. But this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to say this a million times because I believe it to be true. You need to have a plan on what you're reading in the Bible. And some of you don't. And so it's a haphazard. You're not training yourself to be godly. If I'm supposed to equip you, then this is an equipping teaching for you. Have a plan to read the Bible. Every, I try to read it every year. Wow, it might take me 14, 15 months one year. Oh, my goodness. You know, is God going to strike me down? I don't think so. But I want, to, I want to read the Bible every year. For me, it helps, and I think it would help you. Take two years. Take three years. Every three years, just make your way through it. But read God's Word with a humble heart. Pray before you read it. God, teach me something. Show me something in your wonderful Word that can help me grow in my faith. Read God's Word. I believe it helps fuel your praise. When you keep reading about who God is and what he's done, oh, my goodness, you get fired up. The other thing I'm working on is silence. I'm trying to sit in, right now I'm up to 13 minutes. And I've been pretty good. I'm probably about 85% of the days I've hit this. I just stay in silence for 13 minutes. I don't pray. I just yield myself to God. God, if you want to talk to me, this is, I'm, I'm listening. I'm your vessel. I'm just going to. And I, I think that, that helps ground me for that day into who I'm supposed to be. And, and I can't tell you, oh, yeah, I heard this voice and he told me that I, I can't I don't have stories like that yet. I'm a novice, but I'm on the path and I feel like it's helping me spiritually. And I think some of you can do that because you're so hectic and run around. You don't really ever spend time listening for God. And in, in our prayers, I think we can't have this attitude of praise that maybe many of us lack. We kind of have these rote prayers or we get confused. We don't know what we're doing. Hey, if you need to write it down, write it down what is praise? These words, greatness, honor, celebrate, recognize, glorify, laud, magnify. Lord is, is going to be sung a lot, right, in these Christmas songs. But that's a word of praise, all right? Another thing I'm doing is I'm praying for one family group per day in my community. At least one. Sometimes I get to more. Kids' names, people just praying for one per day. Pray for everybody in your own family group or your Bible talk. Just imagine a church where pretty much every day, Pretty much everyone's being prayed for. Wow. You can't tell me we, we wouldn't grow spiritually. And I believe our praise would grow as well. And that pleases Jesus. If you want to please him, get on that pathway to praise him. And I believe that we can experience so much more than what we are now. If we can focus on this one aspect of expressing our gratitude more openly and expressive to our Lord Jesus. So amen. That's all I got for you this morning. Amen. Thank you so much.